I was I was reading Johnny or not reading, but I was showing him a music video for a 2008 gym class hero song called Cookie Jar. Some of you may remember it, some of you may not remember it, but I remember it clearly. And Johnny, this, these were the lyrics I wanted you to pay attention because he's comparing women to cookies. So I want you to pay attention, okay? Okay. Says, I got a thing for Milano Biscotti Italianos, and I'll never turn down some Oreos if you got them. Butter Pecan, Puerto Rican, or them Oatmeal Raisin Asians. Hazelnut Brazilians, Macadamia and Caucasians. Double stuff or thin mint. It don't matter you getting it because I got a sweet tooth. Anyway, anyways. Johnny, what is your favorite cookie? Um, damn. Not correlating it to race or women, just. But you just gave me a song I know, about race and cookies. I know because that's how that's how I remember that song we were talking about. So I'm not supposed to speak on the thing you just. Okay. It's just that was kind of like the segue. I don't have a favorite cookie. I like he said the Oreo is probably gonna be the. The go-to cookie, the that's classic. That, that's the default. The thin, not so much a filling in the middle. Um, you say you don't like. You were telling me earlier you don't like thin mints or you don't like mints in your like. I don't like mint. Really, I find chocolate and mint disgusting. You ever had the chocolate mints they give you at Olive Garden, like the little bars of chocolate, the little tiny ones? No, you don't like those, really. I don't like any. I mint love mint. Uh, mint ice cream is kind of okay. Like I like that. Quite taste. I like that because it makes the ice cream feel colder than it really is. Yeah, uh, you played this track earlier. What you think the cookies match up to the race? Since you brought up the song, that's what it's about. I think for some of them it makes sense, like um, biscotti italianos. That makes sense mm-hmm. to me because I think biscottis are like they're like Italian like biscuits, kind of like mm-hmm. very thin. They are Milano cookies are like associated with Italy, so that kind of makes sense. Um, the butter pecan with Puerto Rican. That's not the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, I'm not even sure if that's where butter pecan or whatever call comes from Puerto Rico. The hazelnut Brazilian one, that kind of makes sense. Like, I do think hazelnuts are native to Brazil. And then he just says macadamia, Caucasian macadamia, they're very white nuts. They're very like white, like kind of like almonds. So I think that's more of a play on words because it's like the skin color. So people are either going to be offended by this or they're going to just play along. I I don't know why they didn't make the Asian one a fortune cookie. I fucking love fortune cookies, <laughs> right? Because it doesn't like, rhyme. <laughs> Raisin in Asian does rhyme. Raisin in Asian? Yeah. They will have E in. Does that even rhyme? In at the end. They have Raisin, in at Asian. the end. Okay, fine. So fortune cookie eight like that doesn't it doesn't flow. It doesn't flow. Fortune. Asian. You can kind of work it in there, I think. If you guys remember the song, I would love to hear like someone like talk, write, write us about the song because it's it's like it's a definitely a product of its time. I don't think you can get away with that kind of song anymore. This was 2008 this is like 14 years ago so i don't think you can get away with comparing eight races and women to cookies why not i just don't think it would work do you feel okay with it i don't think it's I think offensive it's anyway i don't think it's offensive if anything it's I'm ups- if, any- fun- if anything i'm upset he doesn't mention mexicans because i could have thought of like oh that was tough what is what it you- i think you could have done like checks cookie checks chips for mex you know checks, checks cookies checks get some checks for my mex like checks and cereal, it's kind of like a cookie if you think about it. It's a cereal. Okay, you could have done. It obviously has to be the concha. Conch. That's a bread, dude. Oh, you're right. It should have been like masa pan with my mezzacon. Masa pan in a cookie. It's, it's closer. It's like packaged like a cookie. It's like round and small. That's kind of like asking: Is a hot dog a sandwich? Technically, it is because it's bread. It's meat between bread. 
absolutely is a sandwich. It counts. If you Google it, if you ask Siri or whatever Android, whatever talking AI voice you have, they'll tell you. So, I, I agree with you, but some people might disagree with that. But what do you, okay, what's the cookie from Mexican? We got to settle, settle this before we move on. When I think of cookies and I think of Mexico, I think of, um, I think of like either wafers or I think of like the ones my grandma had where it was like the shortbread ones coming the tin, the shortbread with like the ribbon looking like the kind of like a pretzel sort of like the shortbread sugar cookies. Okay. You know what? I don't I, know if Mexico has a native cookie. Uh, that's what I'm thinking now. I don't think we do. We I have... think Mazapan's like the closer. Oh, you know what? Those wafers with cajeta. That's kind of like a cookie. I don't know if that's a cookie. So cajeta, for those of you guys who don't know, it's kind of like caramel or caramel, but it's made from like really uh, dehydrated, not dehydrated. It's like milk that's been, it undergoes a specific process. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's, uh, like you said, it's a super thin, uh, like wafer, wafer. And then there's, uh, like, what is it? What do you call it? Like roasted sugar in between? Yeah. It's like, it's like very dehydrated, caramelized, like milk. It's weird, but. Uh, they're called something like. Uh, no boilers, no boilers. It'll come to me. Uh, but that's not a cookie. Yeah. Or like the ones that have like the little jelly in the center. It's like a round one with a little jelly in the center. Like a little like concave. You know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> oh, no. But that's the closest thing I can think of. Everybody has that cookie. I don't know. I don't know that's true. But anyways. I'm just going to go ahead and say I don't like any of the Mexican cookies that I, I can think of. Uh, really? Not even like the coconut ones? Nah. They do have other pastries, but I don't, honestly, I don't like a lot of their pastries either. Like the marshmallow with the coconut, I'm not into that. Oh, 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 no, yeah, those are good. Or like, a, what about gancitos? You like gancitos? Nope. Dang. Maybe a frozen one. You're talk, when you say the marshmallow with the coconut, you're talking about the ones with like the blue, oh, I'm sorry, with the pink and white, like little ball, balls next to each yeah, other? I don't like those. Oh, I love those. Or what about like the... <laughs> What's that one? No, I just had a gancito. Yeah, that's the one with like the with the jelly and like the cream and the chocolate bread with a little duck, a little swan. No? No. Oh, you're missing out. Oh, you know what? Okay, I think I've settled this. What is it? I think this qualifies. Uh, you you talked about the gancitos, right? Yeah. There's that one cookie. It's long. And then it does have the the strawberry filling in the center. It's okay. long. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm listening. What are those called? Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's like a pineapple one, too, Maritas. right? Yeah, like the pineapple one, yes. too. Oh, okay, I think we got a cookie now. Those are good. Uh, uh, Marin, Marinella. Um, I don't remember the names. Okay, so are, that. Are like Baras, right? Like Baras something? So I'll, I'll have those, but with milk. And that's okay. For sure. Yeah. I think that was a thing we would do when we go to Mexico. Like, that was like a staple thing. It's like, here's your milk, your FUD, or whatever the brand of the milk is. Yeah. And, or food. I think it's food or FUD. I don't know what it is. And it's like. Here's like the little, the badas. I think they're just called badas, aren't they? Barritas, I think. Yeah, with the with the jelly stripe and the shortbread around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's. I don't know how you would make sense of the song, but. Uh, well, I guess this is the long <laughs> way of saying like, how are they gonna put in a Mexican cookie with a Latina, right? They could have just put Latina instead of Mexican, and just the catch-all term for. La- is there a type of cookie that rhymes with Latina? Well, barrita Latina. Barita. Oh. Well, that I, works. I don't know. Baritas Latinas. I like that. So whoever whoever the members of Gym Class Heroes, like, let's do a remix 14 years later. And uh for for a for a we call it a modern audience, reimagine. Oh, oh no. <laughs> reimagine for a modern audience, add some extra races into that song. Be more inclusive. 
Johnny, this is not a cookie podcast. This is not even a social justice for Mexicans in pastry songs podcast. This is a video game podcast, a DualSense podcast, where every every week or so, I'm gonna say every week or so now, because I, I last week we didn't get together because I was sick. I'm kind of getting, I'm just barely coming down from my cough. Johnny just recently got sick, so we're like in that weird kind of inner limbo, sick limbo yeah, it transition. Like, it looks like he has antibodies, so he should have a pretty good defense against me. My antibodies are about to claim victory. Johnny's just starting his own war. I'm trying to keep my distance. I got cough drops. I got water. So you're going to be hearing us coughing here and there. A little bit. And so don't be alarmed. That's just the human body, the natural process. Let's go ahead and get started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Do Sense Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Roscoe, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed lost cause, because he's always down for the cause, never down for the count, the unnecessary one, the truth, Johnny. What's up? I remember the truth this time. I, I was like, does it get to a point where I just keep adding like labels or titles, and I'm going to actually start forgetting? It'll be longer than the podcast. Like Some of them are going to get pushed out, and I'm just going to forget them. They're just going like, to fall off to the side of the road. What was yours? I don't have one. Uh, teacher and the Preacher. Oh, did we agree on that? The teacher and the preacher. I picture I picture myself with like a ruler in one hand and like and like the Bible in the other hand or something like that. Like that's a ruler and a Bible. A ruler for like school, you know, like a like a yardstick kind of thing. Really, those are those would be your items. For that's teacher? the teacher I think of, and then like preacher, obviously the Bible. And like I just have like I'm like I'm like dual wielding, like you know what I mean. Like I throw the book, I like smack with the ruler. If you had a teacher flag, what would be on it? I would have like the math symbols, so like minus plus, and then the other corner would be like a globe for like world history, probably like a book for literature, and then like uh, what do you call those um, flasks or vials for science or something like the a beaker, a beaker. Yeah. So what? Do I, why don't you just copy uh, crossing the Delaware? So it'll be like Washington with a book in his hand. <laughs> and then the flag I don't know what that flag is going to be I don't like when flags have people on them that makes it co- more complicated I like it when they're just like plain symbols you know uh, I like Japan's flag that's so simple it's just white with a red dot I love that that's flag. too boring that's too boring anyways let's get into it Johnny we have like three stories this is like the second to last week of the year probably not that much storage probably just going to kind of like just this is like this is Christmas Eve for people who don't know we're kind of just kind of winging it. We're kind of flying by the, what do you call it, by the front of our seats. Let's just get into it. The story comes from The Verge. It says, fails of 2022, the Nintendo Switch really showed its age. Oh, yeah. Nintendo Switch's lousy performance is an enduring as the console itself. Grainy, stuttery graphics are synonymous with playing games on the 2017 system, which hasn't gotten a spec upgrade to boost how games look and run. And in the five plus years since the Switch was released, remarking on disappointing visuals has been a fixture in our reviews of the console's best games. The Switch's hardware is pulling in the opposite direction of Nintendo's modern software, which is bigger, better, and more ambitious in scope than ever before. And yet, the strategy of supporting a low-powered device that gets slowly updated is no different for the Switch than it was for Nintendo's previous consoles. This long-tail strategy has been successful for Nintendo financially, especially so for the Switch, which is one of its best-selling consoles ever, but we're past due for an updated model. (coughs) 
Sorry. After five years, it's time for a more powerful switch that can erase some of these past and future issues with a faster chipset capable of displaying games in 4K. There have been rumors of such a device, and its launch was reportedly postponed due to the chip shortage caused by the coronavirus pandemic. All we've gotten is an underwhelming Switch OLED that has a better, slightly bigger OLED screen with similar internal specs and little else to tempt current owners. Continuing to sell Nintendo Switch with its current specs is one of the biggest tech blunders of 2022, not least because Nintendo's inaction let other devices steal a sliver of the spotlight. One of them is Valve's Steam Deck. It's not a meaningful competitor in terms of sales volume, but Valve proved what more is possible in a modern handhold. Sorry, handheld. Its custom AMD hardware can run many demanding PC games with respectable performance, and its $399 cost is competitive with the much less powerful Nintendo Switch. The Steam Deck is an alluring device not just because of its power. Buying one immediately rewired my brain to seek out the often cheaper Steam version of games rather than the Switch version that, for a few years, I typically default to buying for on-the-go gaming. There's an implicit guarantee that the deck will run games better, and like the Switch, it can be docked to display on your TV. However, the deck isn't faultless. Compatibility issues means that many Steam games may not work as intended or at all, and its bulky design is far less bag-friendly. Alright, this article... Okay, you started off talking about Switch, but now it became more about the Steam Deck. Um, I kind of... I agree and I disagree to an extent. I feel like five years seems kind of long in video games but i don't think the switch is like suffering sales wise because of its age i think it has one of the biggest install base of any console of any system yeah it's games like it's first party software is not predicated on like high hyper you know ray tracing or high fidelity 4k graphics like i mean we just talked about this like what two weeks ago right when we had the the sales numbers for pokemon scarlet and violet compared to the sales numbers for god of war ragnarok Mm -hmm. and it's like it's they're not even close and clearly like what nintendo has never been about like high fidelity graphics that's never been their cornerstone that's Mm -hmm. never been their thing that has been like that when was that their thing back in the days when they were talking about uh like the super nintendo i think it was they, they were specifying turbo graphics. Remember that whole marketing cycle? No, that was Sega. Was that Sega? Yeah. Sega was talking about blast processing and speed. And... Well, they were competing on graphics, though. Not really. I mean, you can argue. I guess the argument could be made for like Donkey Kong Country, which used like pseudo 3D for like some of it. And they had like. Um... They had like that chip or whatever they had to add in Star Fox, the Super Nintendo Star Fox game to like handle like the 3D graphics and stuff like that. But I, I guess that was probably the last time where like graphics were like their main yeah. selling point. I'll say it was a long time ago for sure. Because like games, even during the PS1 generation, like games that came out on PS1, games that came out on the N64, like the N64 version sometimes was worse visually. Like if you compare Mega Man Legends to Mega Man 64, like mm-hmm. Legends looks a little bit better. So. Sorry, I was taking a drink. So, the article kind of talks about like how it's like sluggish and how it's like the performance is lousy. But like, like one of my friends, Abram, uh, over at um from the Star Wars, uh, my Star my Star Wars show, he was he put he uh he put out like a video talking about how Nintendo because their software is doing so well and it sells so incredibly high, like they're not really pressured to like update 
their system or their hardware to newer hardware because the sales numbers and the figures are still coming through. So like, sure. Like let Microsoft and Sony beat each other up in that arena in terms of like high fidelity graphics and stuff like that. Like we're doing really good in our little pocket over here, our pocket ecosystem. And I think like this article is kind of just talking about, I guess because it's, I guess it's comparing it more to the steam deck, which there's both like handhelds, I guess. So they're kind of similar, but like the steam deck is like way more expensive and yeah, it does way more impressive stuff for being a handheld, but like that's basically a pocket computer at that point. So yeah, what was it four fifty or so? There's like three different versions ranging from three ninety nine is the cheapest, and I think like six hundred something is like the high highest tier. There's like th- it, it, all all only difference between all the different uh, Steam Deck models is that they all have different amount of storage. So. Johnny, what do you think about this? I know, I think I know what you're going to say, but I want to, I want to hear it first before I cut you off. Well, I don't have a Nintendo, so it's hard for me to have an opinion. But are you really content with having a console that's barely putting out 1080p? There's nothing wrong with 1080p. That's pretty. I mean, you have to remember the Switch is a small. The screen is small. Like 10, anything beyond 1080p, you're not going. You're going to get diminishing returns on a small screen. So yeah, that's like if you want 4K or whatever. Like 10. I could tell. 1440p or whatever like on a screen like you're the one you have like that makes sense on a handheld like you're getting diminishing returns where it's like even it's kind of pointless after 1080p there's no point have you had 4k on a handheld no but like well i have and i could tell a difference on what handheld my phone uh there's a phone behind you there's an xperia sony xperia that one has 4k you can tell the difference it's super subtle but it's there subtle that's, yeah, yeah that's why i said you're gonna get diminishing returns but you can absolutely tell on the <coughs> handheld phone like this one right here this one does uh all the way up to 1440p and i can absolutely tell when i go from 1080p to 1440 on this one are you talking about like when you're watching a youtube video and mm-hmm. then you change the resolution yeah okay and you could still slightly tell when you change it, switch it over to 4k because uh, the phone still runs 4k and there's like these little tiny details that come through Mm-hmm. Even if it's higher than the resolution that you can actually play, mm-hmm. I don't understand the fucking the technical verbiage for all that shit. Mm-hmm. But you can still tell, like that you've switched over to a different fidelity. Like it's just like it's just like it just looks better, or it moves faster, or whatever the refresh rate or something. Well, that too. Like you guys, your refresh rate is still uh, at thirty frames, right? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The switch, like again, the switch is not meant to be a powerhouse. Like if you just, if you were stuck on 1080p, I could understand like all right, fine, it visually looks fine, but 30 frames, that's heavy, dude. Like that's that really does add to the gameplay. Kind of, sort of. I I, I feel like only recently have I no, have only recently has like 60 frames per second been like the thing where like I have to have it. Whereas on a handheld, I'm more forgiving because that's just not what I expect out of a handheld. You know what I mean? It's kind of like um. It's like going to a fast food place and being like, man, like this isn't steak. This isn't lobster. It's like, no, that dude, it's like fast food. Like you came here for like speedy convenience, cheap. Like you're not expecting, you're not expecting everything to be like steak and lobster. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's not food. It's It's like, it's consuming consumption. It's just, it's just analogy or a metaphor or you want to call it it's just uh, no it's like comparing car companies it's like well this car isn't as reliable as that one but it still gets me to adb sure it breaks down every once in a while but i'm okay with that like that's kind of your analogy well no because i think 
you're hoping that every car has a base level of performance where it's not going to break down on you out of the out of the parking lot. Well, a lot of people don't have that. They just buy a fucking car, regardless I, of what the consequences of the reviews and everything else is. Sorry, that's my stomach. I don't know if that. Well, I don't know if that applies to video game consoles or handhelds in this case. We'll see. Okay. I I don't. I just I just disagree. And then there's more stuff that you can do with a with a better fucking hardware. Like, uh, you could have more enemies on screen, for example. Sure. So, sure. that type of deal. That Like, you're talking about gameplay, but also not having a more robust engine is taking away loading. from gameplay elements. Exactly. Loading. <coughs> I get what you're saying. I and, get what this article is saying. And the thing is, they're saying it's only halfway through its life cycle. No. That's, that's, it can't be a half. That's like a 10 years. Yeah, exactly. There's no way the Switch is going to be around for 10 years. I mean, there's no way the Switch is going to be around without something else to replace it for well, 10 years. Well, what's the president for the other consoles? It's average of like seven years. It's like the average. That, that feels average for consoles, but... So, like, I don't expect a new Switch next year, but I expect a new one announced by the end of next year. At least something has to be, like, around the corner. So what do you want from that console? Oh, that's a different question. At um, least, like, current or previous PS4 and xbox uh, specs or are you expecting to see something even lower than those specs uh i mean i would just probably want a i want a bigger screen first of all bigger screen higher resolution higher i don't care if it doesn't have like 4k or whatever i would i prefer i would prefer performance in terms of like 60 frames per second over like high resolution (laughs) So I wanted to, I wanted to play stuff like speedy, snappy, because it's a handheld. Handhelds are supposed to be quick. Like that's kind of like the thing is you want to be in and out of a game quickly and stuff like that. You want to pause on the go and stuff like that. So for a handheld, I think speed is a priority over like fidelity. Like I don't expect it to look like I don't know Callisto Protocol level games on there. You know what I mean? But I would want it to be speedy. It should be better looking than the Switch, but it doesn't have to be like drastically better looking. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but <coughs> I wanted to be smooth. Smoothness and speed are like the biggest priority, after, especially after we used to being used to the PS5, where like the best parts about the PS5 are not are not the resolution, but that everything is at a base sixty frames per second every game I play. I also hear you guys have a terrible experience with multiplayer with online lobby. Yeah, and Nintendo needs to rehaul that whole entire like friend code, whatever Switch for Nintendo code thing. Like it's very archaic, very very overly draconian like just because it's like oh we're trying to protect people or kids or whatever so like you have to have the specific like convoluted like 12 16 digit number whatever it is and it's just like it just sucks especially now especially because remember we saw like microsoft's gonna commit to like putting call of duty on switch like if you're gonna do that like the switch or on nintendo i mean nintendo needs to catch up to be able to support that so yeah that thing isn't even gonna run um on the cloud <laughs> i think it'll probably be a cloud version <laughs> well yeah but you can imagine that thing's gonna be terrible it's not gonna run natively on the system i don't think uh-uh. so anyways john let's move on to the next article next story we have <coughs> next article we have here johnny written by robert ramsey over at push square says Final Fantasy 16 is officially the first mainline game to be rated mature slash 18 plus Yep, it's official. Final Fantasy 16 will be the first mainline game in a long-running RPG series to be rated M for Mature in the U.S. and Peggy 18 in Europe. I always think of the trailers like Peggy 18. I love that. I love that voice. 
Now that the title can be pre-ordered following its release date announcement at the Game Awards, we know that the age ratings are going to stick. Not that there was much chance of them actually changing it up until this point. Square Enix has previously gone on record saying that Final Fantasy XVI is meant to tell a darker, more mature story. And we suppose that much was evident in one of the game's previous trailers, which showed a man's decapitated head rolling across the ground. Most of Final Fantasy's previous installments have settled on a T14 or Peggy 15. Right, I like doing the voice. Shying away from things like graphic violence and sexual themes, but with next year's title, the development team's clearly trying to break new ground. It says, what do you want from a mature Final Fantasy game? Johnny, what do you want to see from a mature Final Fantasy game? Exactly what this is. <laughs> Which is what? Well, what does that entail exactly? For a Final Fantasy game, it's going to have like dark themes, right? Maybe. Uh... I think probably like a lot of blood, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but out of Final Fantasy, what kind of themes are you going to get that, that are violent? Like story-wise. Well, like past, like the last fifteen Final Fantasies, they usually revolve around a crystal. Uh-huh. I think the theme for this game it has something to do with like the summons, like the giant kaiju, like monsters they can summon. Uh-huh. So I imagine we're probably going to get one of those, like probably ripping the head off of the other one. Yeah, exactly what I'm asking. Like in the Final Fantasy world, what does that look like? Like Cloud isn't in this, obviously, but would it look like Cloud actually cutting somebody in half? I mean, Cloud does that, but he does it without blood, so... Yeah. So, I, yeah, I guess I, I just imagine it's going to be a little grizzly, grizzlier. I don't know if that's the right term, but... Yeah, like I said, there's, like, a decapitated head in the trailer. I I think we see some blood already in the trailer, too, so I imagine it's just going to be... I don't, I don't think they'll do, like, like, nudity. That's never been... That's not true, actually. There has been nudity in past games, but it's, like, been covered up with, like, kind of, like, pasties and stuff like that. Okay. But, like, like there's, like, a summon, like, Shiva, which is, like, the female ice summon. In some of the games, she shows up, and, like, you can clearly see her, like, her, like, naked form. But, like, it'll be, like, breast with, like, no nipples. Or, like, breast, but with, like, a very scantily clad, like, bra or something. So, like, they probably might do that. If they're trying to go for Grizzler, they might be, like, oh, like, here's a nip slip or, like, something like that. Um... I don't think with the language they'll really do that because traditionally Final Fantasy doesn't really use a lot of like modern realistic like language. Like I think I think in uh I think in Final Fantasy Seven remake, I think somebody does say like shit a couple of times, but like nothing more egregious than that. And that's like I think with the T rating you can get away with a few cuss words if they're used like sparingly. So if they want to take advantage of M, they might throw in some more profanities in there. I don't know, really. They might be explicit with the type of language that they use. Not just cussing, but they might say things like, end him already. You know, like very direct, like what the intent is. Right. Yeah. Or slaughter, decapitate. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine being kind of like Elden Ring, because Elden Ring is very dumb. And Elden Ring is very like explicit with like blood loss for like... Like one of the status ailments is like blood loss, like where you're just hemorrhaging blood, or the enemy's hemorrhaging blood, and like blood splatters, like like. Tss, tss, I guess like. the level of blood I could see is something <coughs> like Resident Evil, right? Not not as far as like maybe two. Remember when uh, Leon yeah, is in the hallway as, and he sees a face open? Yeah, I don't think in terms of like dismemberment or like macabre, like uh, mac, mac I don't know what your macabre is that right term? Macabre. With like 
organs spilling. Yeah. Not to that degree. I mean the combat, you know? Violence, the, yeah. The just violence. Pure violence. Yeah, yeah. In Resident Evil, like, there's blood, but it's just splashing around, you know? And it's gore. Gore is, gore is a different category than just from blood. Yeah. Like, like you'll, if you ever look at the rating M, like, they'll, they'll mention, like, for, like, alcohol use or drug references. And it'll say, like, for gore. And it'll say, like, for blood. And those are, they, like, consider those as two separate things. Like, blood is just, like, blood splatter. Yeah. Gore is, like, we're going to take your entrails and rip them out and split open your stomach. Like, it's, like, a whole different level than just blood. I don't think we're going to get gore. I think we are going to get blood, though. We're for sure, we're getting blood. Gore, not so much. I don't think you're going to see Clive or any of the main characters, like, swing a claymore down someone's skull. And we're going to get, like, the Mortal Kombat X-ray. Like, no, we're not going to get all that. Yeah. But I do think it's going to be like, like, oh, someone's going to get their head cut off. Like, we're not going to just cut away to a different angle. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to... It's going to be all Game of Thrones-ish. Ish, I think. So... It's interesting that they're doing that, though. Because, yeah, like, the article mentions, like, historically, they almost... They've never done that before. Like, I think... I think the closest one I'm thinking of is, like, Final Fantasy... Final Fantasy X has blood in it. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not even, like, red blood. It's, like, green blood or something. Like, from, like, a monster or something. So the monsters don't really bleed much in Final Fantasy? No. And then when they do, it's not, like, red blood. You can get away with it and, like, not call it blood if it's, like, a different, co- like, color. Yeah. Like, if it's, like, purple or green or blue. Uh-huh. Like, 12... Final Fantasy twelve. I think 13. 13 is smart with it because they have machines there. So, like, it's, like, black for oil, kind of. So, you know, it's, like, you can get around it. But, like, mm-hmm. I yeah, they've never been so, like, like upfront. Like, oh, yeah, like, this is blood. So, so when I sent you the article, you told me, hmm, it seems like they're very confident. What did you mean by that? I said that they're very confident? Yeah. Oh, oh, because rated M games usually, I mean, you're narrowing down your, uh, your, your fan base, not your fan base, but your who you can sell it to, basically. I feel like it'll sell more. I don't know if that's true. I it'd be harder. I mean, there's so many factors because this is gonna be like the first the current gen Final Fantasy. If it sells well, it'll be really hard to find out if that's the qualifier. It might be for any other given reason that oh, it's been a while since a lot. It's been like five, six years. Yeah, since it's one. also a, current well, gen. It's more action-y. Like, it's all of these different factors. It'll be hard to isolate, like, oh, the maturity or the M is what made it sell. Well, maybe not initially. It probably won't sell a lot initially because it's going to be exclusive for PS5, right? Right. So it's a low uh, player. Low volume. Low volume mm-hmm. right there. But over the lifetime, I could see it definitely selling more than seven. Like it's ported or more people adopt the PS5. And I'm sure I'm sure it's going to end up on Steam or PC at some point. Like, every past Final Fantasy is on PC already. Mm-hmm. So once it, I mean that's gonna give like another burst of life if you want to call it that. But uh, I, I I when I said that I meant like oh they're pretty ballsy to not just leave it at rated T where they know for a fact they can sell more to more people. Yeah, but I mean what I mean is, well it's not really tied into what we're saying, but not all games <coughs> have to grow with the person. Like Mario can stay Mario for forever, right? Right. But Final Fantasy I think it's definitely a type of game where the themes have always been kind of like very complex for a little kid. And the themes sure. are more for like our age group, you know, people in the twenties, thirties, forties. And if it's a mature rating, it's like, wow, like maybe I should get back into this game that I really used to love, right? So I think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna leave its player base behind. It'll definitely right. bring an old player base. I think you're right. Yeah, you are right in that aspect because I I, I mean I talk to kids every day as part of my work when I work with students and like 
Final Fantasy is not a series that they're very fond of, or even one like they they're aware cognizant of. Mm-hmm. Like I, if I mentioned Final, like they ask me, "Oh, Mister O, like what games do you play?" And I'll give them like I'll name like you know COD and Final Fantasy and other stuff like that. And like they'll they'll get hung up on like Call of Duty or if I mentioned Fortnite or something. But like I've mentioned Final Fantasy, and, like they don't even like blink at all. Like it's like whatever to them. It's like, probably it's, just too complicated. It seems too for yeah. I think it's too, a little too complicated because from Final Fantasy seven onwards all the games are very politically charged. Uh-huh. There's always like some kind of vampire. There's some kind of, there's morally gray characters. Final Fantasy is very known for it's like morally gray characters where like certain people, they're like bad guys, but then they become good or they're good guys and they become bad. Like it's definitely not a straightforward. I'm going to save the princess kind of thing. It's not that. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think it is overcomplicated. And because for me, right, I played seven like way back in the day. And then I play the the fucking remake. You really want me to play it? Yeah, I got to give it a try, whatever. Different topic. But I really wanted to get back in the series. And this game right here is like, for me, like, hmm, they're making like full contact. They're making, they have like heavy themes. It's already there. Now they got gore. It's like really pulling on me, you know? Yeah. So. To be fair, Final Fantasy VII Remake does have full contact, okay? No, it does. You just need to finish playing. It does, but it doesn't, but part of it is like these people these fuckers aren't even bleeding right like you mm-hmm. hit them with a big ass sword and it's like what did this do like i could have just you just whacked them i could have used them with a little razor blade or whatever like it doesn't matter like you don't feel the impact of your <laughs> of your actions you know right right i get that like you need that extra oomph to kind of like sell it to you yeah i i yeah i'm just saying like i'm just surprised that they're going that far because i mean you're right you're right the i think the player base has grown up with final fantasy so I could see it. I do think you're right in that aspect that maybe they're not really cutting off anybody who would normally buy the game anyways. So, yeah, I think you might actually have a point there. I might kind of coming around to that, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely interested in, obviously, a big Final Fantasy fan. I always have been since I played, like, I think, 7 back when, like, 2002 or something. Or 10. forgot which one it was, but... Aside from sales, do you think there's any cons to this? Is there any what? Cons. No, I don't think so. Other than sales, I don't think there's anything wrong with this necessarily. Um, I know in an interview that one of the game, one of the game's producers did about how they said that like they were kind of influenced by Game of Thrones because a lot of the people who are working on the game did like watch the show. And if you, this game is very like from the trailers, it's very kind of like like there's like houses and families, like it's very Europeanish kind of like fantasy, whereas past Final Fantasy games have ranged from like steampunk to very Asian like mythology to almost like an Arabic like Final Fantasy 12 one of my favorite Final Fantasy Final Fantasy 12 is very much kind of Mediterranean like with its setting and it's like you're on like this very tropical like peninsula between these two like larger continents and it's very like the styling of the buildings is like very like Arabic and Middle East and then Final Fantasy XIII just abandons that and goes like full on like future cyberpunkish. Fourteen is an MMO which is very like middle like European style. Fifteen is again futuristic like the boy band desert future like cyber st- stuff. And this one seems like a really step back because it's very this is like very medieval looking like it's a huge step back in terms of like reclaiming like the early Final Fantasy roots of like castles and. Uh, like standing armies clad in like in metal and 
like troops and stuff and like the way they talk is very british i don't know if you've seen the trailers but everybody has like that thick like romantic british voice like very kind of like you know so and so the duke of so and so like you know it's like very like presumptuous kind of like like kind of like game of thrones is sort of so mm-hmm. i think if anything it might probably do better because it's not going to be too weird it's not going to be too out there like i think it's familiar themes familiar setting they're going to pull people in that's what I felt about a previous title where they had, I don't know what I was looking at. I was looking at some enemy, but then there was a classic car in it. Which it's probably that? fifteen. That's probably fifteen. Because you like, drive around in a car. This in is such a weird mishmash of of <coughs> of like timelines and and enemies and like this thing doesn't belong in this world. It was odd. That sounds like fifteen because in fifteen your your party drives around gets around by a car. It's mm-hmm. like a really stylish black car. Yeah. And in this game you're trading in your black car for chocobos, which are just giant yellow That's ostriches. Cool. Yeah. So like it's a complete regression like in terms of tech and stuff. So it's interesting. I'm 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 interested to see how it's gonna play out. And then I did see like there's like party members. I was worried you're gonna only play as the one guy, Clyde, but like they show us other party members like okay cool like we're not just doing the one person thing so did that begin with um seven the party members no party members have been in there since final fantasy one mm-hmm. final fantasy one had the well the thing is because final fantasy fifth 14 well 14 is mmo so you kind of play that with other people but like a lot of the stuff you're doing is on your own and in final fantasy 15 you primarily play as noctis which is like the main character and like you can jump to other characters but they're not as like fun or fluid to use proficient yeah and then Final Fantasy 13 had it where if your main character died but the rest of your party was alive like you still got game over so really you were insp- and you were really responsible for just your one character so i was kind of nervous cuz a lot of Final Fantasy games i feel like there's been a tread or kind of like a pulling away from the party based system of Final Fantasy and like kind of going for the Kingdom Hearts route where you kind of only play as one character. And like I don't like that for Final Fantasy. But we see in the trailer and they come out and say, like, oh, like this is like you have like four other four or five other characters with you and you can control them individually. So I'm like, okay, thank God. Like we're still doing like the party based stuff. So that's good. Um but yeah, hopefully it sells well. The rated M thing works out for them in the end. Let's go to our final story for this evening, Johnny. It says new PS5 hardware teased by Sony VP could release in 2023. This comes written by Nick Tan over at PlayStation Lifestyle. It says some new PS5 hardware. Sorry, I need to check something quick. All right, some new PS5 hardware has been teased by Hideaki Nishino, a Sony senior VP of platform experience, in an interview. From what we can decipher, it may release or be announced near the end of fiscal year 2023 which concludes in September 2023. This new hardware could well be the new PS5 console with a detachable hard drive, first reported in September 2022 by known insider Tom Henderson. Nishino shared future plans for the PS5 platform prompted by an observation that the PS4 Pro was released about three years after the PS4 released. In an interview with Famitsu Magazine, he said, By the end of fiscal 2022, (coughs) excuse me, Cumulative sales will exceed 37 million units, and we believe that it will be a very important time for the platform as well. I won't be able to talk about specifics at this time, but I hope you will look forward to next year, or 2023. We believe that he means by the end of fiscal 2023, since fiscal year 2022 is already over. 
From this quote alone, the safest bet is that something significant about the PS5 will be revealed in 2023. That said, the reportedly slimmer PS5 model with a detachable hard drive also has a release window of September 2023, which is when fiscal year 2023 ends. Another leak in November also suggested that PS5's slim release date would be third quarter 2023. It's unclear how the supposedly new PS5 will be named by Sony, whether it's a PS5 Slim or Pro, or something else entirely. But at least it looks like these pieces of information are converging to a similar point. Now, I would like to add to this, Johnny. I've um, listened to a few other podcasts. There's been some people who have who have mentioned they either know people who have like dev kits or they have at least seen this detachable attachable hard drive um model of the ps5 and it's like early stages so i think a lot of this is very likely will it be 2023 when they announce it i think that's very that's a safe bet i feel i feel that i feels like a safe bet what do you think johnny okay so if you've seen people, well, if somebody you've heard of has seen, uh, uh, goddamn, Dev Studios, if they've seen them with dev kits, why would they have the new dev kits for the new form factor? If it was just going to be a detachable uh, hard drive, like, what's the fucking point? Like, the only reason would really be if there's different hardware behind that console. Mm. You know? So I'm leaning towards that thing being having the detachable and also being the pro. Otherwise, you just the devs will just start using the current console, you know. So you're saying you think it's the pro and attachable in one? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually. Because it doesn't make any sense for them to have it, obviously, right? Yeah, that actually does make sense. Why would you have just the detachable? Like, would you really need as a developer need to test that? Right? Yeah, exactly. Unless there are some other inherent features that are not like publicly known. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that, honestly. I think somebody else I know mentioned that, but I didn't even think about that until I forgot about that until right now you mentioned that. I think that's true. I think it could be it could be pro and a slim in one, and the slim factor, the slimness comes from the detachable hard drive, maybe mm-hmm. or disk drive. I mean, sorry, not hard drive, disk drive. Um, I don't know. I don't have much more to say about. What this. if it's a pro? Do you think you're gonna uh, upgrade? Nah, no, because like with the PS4 Pro, the PS4 Pro wasn't a dramatic upgrade from the ps4 it wasn't upgrade but it wasn't dramatic to where like oh this game comes out and clearly the ps4 pro version is so superior to the ps4 version i don't think oh, that 4k yeah but it didn't like change anything drastically in terms of how a game plays like it's not like oh this version has less stuttering or oh this version has smoother load times <laughs> or something you know? Like that's already fa- the PS5 is already fast. I can't imagine they can make it that much faster. Yeah, but the thing is, we don't know how much better it's going to be. Of course, right? But I think the intent would be, right now you got to switch from performance to fidelity. So what if you get a console where it's like, hey, I'm getting Both. 120 frames. I'm getting ray tracing. I'm getting 4K, and I don't have to switch between these two options. I w- it would. I already, I'm already leaning towards, like, I won't need to upgrade. But, I mean, the the difference would have to be really dramatic because we're talking about, like, probably the cost of what the console already is plus more, I imagine. If not, at the very least, probably just the cost of the console. And then the current version probably gets a price drop to, like, make up for it or something. Well, if you upgrade, like, say it came out, I don't know. How much would it take to upgrade? Like, 150 or something? Are you talking about to, like, swap it in? No, to upgrade your console with the new Pro. 
I mean, you had to find some way to trade it in for the same value plus the whatever the. No, I'm just uh, I'm asking, what's your price point? <coughs> where you think, like, let's say it had a uh, 120 frames. It's not gonna have that. But if it had 120 frames, 4K ray tracing, if it had those three features, what is your price point to say like, oh, I gotta jump now? Would it be 100 bucks? Maybe 150. Mm, on top of the regular p- price of the PS5, you give them your console. You get the new one. What's that price point? What's the the jump? I think I would probably do that at a hundred, a hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty around there. Yeah. Anything more than that, I think I nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'll tell you what I do want though, Johnny. I want. <laughs> I don't know if this is a hardware issue for the PS5 Pro or what you want to call it for the new model, but I want PS5 controllers that have a longer battery life. What's, tell you, what's well, like? The ter- current one's pretty bad. I feel like I charge mine like all the way to like the, whatever the max is, and then like two hours later, it's already like really two hours. I feel like two or three hours later, it's already like on the low battery level, and I'm like, what? Like I just charged it earlier than today. Like maybe they should sell little battery packs. <laughs> Either that or packing like a much drastically longer USB cord or something. <coughs> I don't know, but PS5 Duo Dual Sense. I get confused by our podcast name. Dual Sense controllers have a notoriously bad battery life, and I heard like the new one too. The Edge, the new yeah, one. Yeah, I heard it was bad. Has an even worse one. I'm like, how could you even make it worse? How could you do that? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get it, but. Man, I don't know. Give us a longer USB cord. A pack-in, system pack-in USB cord if it's going to be, like, that bad. So Yeah, I can't think of anything that's, like, console-related. Like, they might drop new hardware around it, but as far as the PS Pro, I don't know what else I could ask for. Because I said it's the 4K, 120. It's probably going to be, like, 90. I think just At the same time running ray tracing. Uh-huh. I don't know what else I could. I think just a smaller form factor would be beneficial because the thing is huge you've seen how big it is yeah it needs to be smaller it's just it's just comically large yeah i went to your place and i saw it in the thing in the little pocket and uh-huh. i was like holy shit that thing is massive yeah um really no what huh that was, that was such an easy setup for a joke i'm surprised you didn't take it but no it was 20 hours <laughs> that's what she said all right mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> Johnny just touched his nose. <laughs> uh, you didn't expect that one, huh? I caught you off guard. I threw, I threw you off your whole rhythm there. Yeah. All right. What were you going to say, Johnny? Oh, you don't remember now. I nothing. He's at a loss for words. All right. Okay. I think that's a good point to move on. Uh, oh, that was it, Johnny. That was our last story, our third story. We don't have that many stories. Like, around this time of the year, the industry kind of just kind of shuts down for until probably like the second week of January or something. So... Uh, yeah, that's a Johnny. I still have a couple ideas, but let's just get into the most obvious thing is what has Johnny been playing? Oh, nothing new. Not this week. Oh, no. Really? What, what do you got? Nothing? 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 No, I was trying to decide on some things to to get around to it now. I'm going to give you homework, Johnny. I'm going to start giving you homework. I'm like, complete, finish Final Fantasy VII Remake by next week or something. Oh, God. <laughs> That's unrealistic, though, because like that's like a twenty-hour game. I can't do that to you. If we had Callisto Protocol, if we had some like Callisto Protocol, I think that's like an eight, seven-hour game. Callisto Protocol. Yeah. Oh. That game is supposedly short. It's like seven or eight hours. Yeah, it's too buggy right now, though. You probably could have done that in a week, maybe. That's like one hour a week, a day or something. 
Callisto's too buggy though. Yeah, kind of glad we didn't play. I mean, it was either that or I get um, Midnight, Midnight Suns, and I, I I selfishly chose Midnight Suns because that game is fun. I didn't know it's not on PS4, so you can't even play it because there's not even a PS4 port for it yet. I was surprised. Uh, Forspoken was only PS5. Only? Yeah. Oh, I downloaded that demo too. And I haven't played it. And I said I was going to. I forgot. Ah, oh, I forgot to play. And it's funny because I always pass by the icon on my dashboard, mm-hmm. and I just don't. It's just I'm just I don't even think about it. I kind of just do it without thinking. It became part of the environment. It can't, it just became part of the dashboard. Yeah, I'm like, oh, there's first spoke. I still haven't played it. It's just sitting there the demo, but um, I need to play. I've been playing two games on Game Pass actually. One that's kind of whatever. It's okay, and one that I absolutely love. And the one that I absolutely love, Johnny, is called Vampire Survivors. Have you heard of this game? Oh yeah. You have. I was anticipating this game, but I didn't know it was also PS5. It's not PS5. It's on Game Pass. I'm playing oh. it on Game Pass. It is also. And you're probably not gonna like this. It is also on mobile. Wait, this is the uh, online multiplayer, right? No. Oh, okay. No, no multiplayer. It's it? a single player. It is what I think the term is a reverse bullet hell. So you know, like a bullet hell, kind of like Gradius, where you're trying to dodge all the bullets yeah. and not get hit. Yeah. It is a reverse. Of that, where you're the one shooting bullets everywhere and trying not to get anything get too close to you. Okay. So, Vampire Survivors, it's made by a very extremely small team. Um, I, I forget oh, the... Oh, the, like, uh, isometric? It It's straight top-down. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it's isometric in that sense. Isometric is, like, at a slanted, like, 45-degree angle, though, I think. Totally. Very slow. This is just straight down. It's 2D. It's 2D, so you're on a flat plane... And your character... So, let me explain what Vampire Survivors is for the uninitiated. It's essentially what you're doing... <clears throat> you're supposed to survive each of these stages for 30 minutes. It's like they send waves and waves of enemies after you. And what you're supposed to do is you move around in character. It's a, it's so simple to play, John. It's, it's so simple and its addictiveness is like almost kind of predatory because it's such a simple concept. You don't push buttons. You don't do anything. Mm-hmm. All you do is move around your character with the left joystick if you're playing on controller like I am or I guess, you know, uh, like up and down arrows on a PC or whatever. And your character automatically attacks like on a certain like it's like a set interval. So like so like the first character you start off with is kind of like it's like they're based off like the Castlevania characters like one of the Belmont guys with a whip. So he will automatically like send out his whip like every like second every other second or so. So like whip. So in your head, you're always counting down. Whip. Kind of, sort of. But, like, you don't control the speed. You don't, there's, like, a cooldown or whatever, right? So you move your character around, and, like, the first wave of enemies is, like, bats, right? They send bats after you. If the bats are anywhere near you when you do the whip thing, like, they just die, right? They die. And so as they die, they leave behind these, like, little gems, which are experience points. You have your experience bar on the top of the screen. When you fill up the experience bar, you get an automatic upgrade. So this could be like another whip attack where now you you whip left and right like consecutively. Or now you have like a Bible that floats around you that does damage to people or enemies. Or like you can now, now in addition to your whip, you also shoot out like a spell, like a laser, like right after. So you go around, right? You go around smacking, killing these enemies. They start off very easy. There's very few of them at first. Kind of like ease you in. As you level up, they start throwing more and more enemies at you off screen. Like they come at you from all sides of the screen or whatever. And you're, the whole idea is basically to survive the full. Th- you're supposed to survive until dawn, which is like 30 minutes, like a full rotation, a real time counting down 30 minutes. Yeah. And like every 10 minutes or so, they'll throw like an, a new, like harder wave at you. 
And so it's kind of just like, it's kind of like if you ever played like a horde mode in a video game, but where you're like kind of, you're the one doing all the damage and they, they can only hurt you by touching you. So you're like moving around. You only really need to use a, like, you just use the left thumbstick or whatever, or dual or, you know, whatever stick you're using. And you just go around the screen. So I, I can play this game. Like I've done this before. I'm playing the game and I'm like, I'm eating cereal at the same time. Cause I only need one hand to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like eating like my dinner or whatever, or like, I'll be talking to my friends on discord and I don't. I don't have to focus so much because it's such an easy concept to just avoid enemies and I can like have a full conversation and like not skip a beat. So it's very, it's very accessible. That's what helps it. I think mm-hmm. it's very accessible. It's very easy. To, it's very easy to play hard to master because while you can level up and get new upgrades and stuff, like very hard enemies, enemies that you have to like hit multiple times, they'll leave behind like a chest, right? If you get the, if you collect the treasure, It'll be like a random kind of like loot wheel kind of thing where you'll get like a random upgrade or random item. So you have, um, you can increase your health, you can increase your defense, you can increase how fast you move around the screen. There's like all these upgrades, but like where the actual, like the meta part of the game is, is choosing which upgrades are the most beneficial for you surviving that particular stage. According to the stage or play style? According to the stage, but also to the play style. I guess it depends on your play style. There are certain stages where like, there's way more enemies, but they are like weaker or yeah. certain stages where like there's less enemies, but they're a lot stronger. Yeah. So it's like, do you want to go for the thing that like, oh, this upgrade boosts all your all like the cooldown between your attacks. So like now your attacks come at you that you, you shoot out your attacks like faster. Like that's more beneficial for, say, like a densely packed stage with lots of enemies that are weak or something. Whereas like, oh, like now your attacks deal more critical damage more frequently. That's more beneficial for like a stage with less enemies that are harder. You get what I'm saying? So, and then certain of your items, certain upgrades will like work with each other where like they'll like combine to make a new one. So Mm -hmm. for example, there's, you can like throw out axes like just randomly. That's like, that's like part of the, that's part of the uh, arsenal you have where like as you up, as you accumulate more and more upgrades, they start to stack. So you're so by the end you'll be like shooting lasers, tossing axes, and th- and like having like five or six Bibles floating around you. Just indiscriminate violence. Exactly. It, it, but what makes it so addicting is that eventually you get to a point where like by by twenty minutes the screen is just full of enemies, mm-hmm. and you just see the numbers. Like it's so addicting because you're just seeing like that gratification of just those num high numbers popping up. And you just see waves and waves of enemies dying and just like experience accumulate, experience accumulate. And you're like, you're like leveling up so fast and stuff. And like, it, it's just, it has a very distinctive game loop of like upgrade, upgrade whatever abilities you have to deal more damage, to get more experience, to level up, to get more upgrades. Okay. And it keeps going. It's like a, it's like a loop, like a feed loop, feedback loop. And you're at the, like, oftentimes by the end of, like, near the, I'm almost done with the stage. And, like, I can't even tell what's going on on the screen anymore. There's so many colors and lights going on. I don't even know what's going on anymore. I just know that, like, no one's getting close to me. And I'm just, like, leveling up, leveling up, leveling up. And then by the time you get, if you last the full 30 minutes, the entire screen gets wiped. All the enemies will get wiped. And then you, you get killed by, like, the Grim Reaper. But the stage is considered cleared at that point. Okay. So there's, like, five stages but each each stage requires you to get to a higher level by the time the 30 minutes are up. So, like, to get the second stage, you have to pass the first stage by getting to level 20 and then survive the full 30 minutes. To get to the third stage, you just survive stage 2 and get to level 40 and survive the full 30 minutes. And so on and so forth. Every 20 levels on the next stage gets you the next stage unlocked, right? 
And because, like, okay, so let's say you fail a run, you you accumulate gold that you can then spend on permanent upgrades. So, like, let's say, like, because in the beginning, the game is really hard for you because you have, like, nothing. You have, like, the worst character, the worst, like, no abilities. And, like, the more stuff you do in the, on your runs, like, you unlock other characters who have, like, different passive attacks or passive bonuses. So, like, one of my favorite characters is called Poe. He's, like, an old man character. He has, like, the least amount of health. But his like his beginning at- ability is like if, it, if anyone gets too close to him, like they take like severe damage. Like he has like this aura, like garlic. He, the, the ability is called garlic, but it's like it's like it's like a aura wave of garlic. And like if enemies get too close, like they it pushes them back initially, like once, and it does like a lot of damage. So like he is super he is super easy to use at the beginning of a run because all the enemies are super weak at the beginning of a run. Are the enemies creative? A lot of them are just like palette swaps of the same ones, but there's some really interesting ones. There's like um, one of my favorite ones is like this biblically accurate angel, which is just an eyeball with six wings. Yeah. There's uh, there's like this like ch- mermaid dude that looks like Trident from like Little Mermaid, where he's like a upper ma- upper man with like a ch- with a trident and like a mermaid body. There's skulls. There's a like, ghost. Oddly enough, there are no vampires in the game whatsoever, even though the game is called Vampire Survivors. I don't think I've seen a single vampire enemy. They're all like bats, skulls, ghosts, knights, like these really dope looking like knights. Like there's a giant crab at one point, <laughs> a giant crab where you have to like break his claws before you can hurt the body. And um, there's a lot of, there's a create, I don't have the full bestiary unlock, which is like what tells like what all the enemy types are. Yeah. I probably have like half of it filled up, but you can complete the game like probably in about like nine hours. I think my final runtime, because the game was like super addictive, I think I have like 20 hours total. But the game is, it's fast, it rewards you, like you have like the permanent upgrades where like, you can buy a permanent upgrade where like now, from now on, you're like 10% faster each, like in the stage. And then like, the next upgrade to get 20% faster is like a, tr- like it costs a lot more money, but like you can also refund, you get your money back, lose those, lose those upgrades and buy new upgrades instead. So like, there is a permanent progression because it's kind of like a roguelite where like you are meant to die, but there is a win condition though. You can win. It's not like it just it's not like it just keeps going forever until you lose. No, like survive the thirty minutes, get to the end, and you're done with the stage. You keep all your gold, you keep all like your stuff, and then you invest it into like better permanent upgrades that you then carry on to the next stage. So it is super fun. It's super easy. It's on game. Not maybe not super easy. It's very simple in premise. I guess you should say. I, I could say it's very simple. Like once you play it a few times, like you're like, I get it. I get it now what this game is. So it's, I think it's like four or five bucks if you want to buy it on PC. I don't think it's on consoles yet. I checked my Switch, the eShop on Switch. It's not on there. Mm-hmm. It might be on console. I doubt it. I can look that up right now, like at some point, but for sure it's on mobile, but it's free with ads on mobile. So like after you die or in the menu, there's like ads and stuff like that. But I played on Game Pass. So that's where it's at. And I love the game. It's super easy. It's super simple, but it's just so addicting because, and I found out why it's addicting. The guy who made the game used to work in the casino industry. Oh my God. Like I'm already thinking about all this shit before you even saying it, like the mobile part, the casino part, social media aspect of like the circular, like likes and dopamine. Yes. The dopamine hits. About all that stuff. Go, go ahead. Yeah. He talks about like in an interview where, um, because when you get the treasure chest, 
like what prize you get is like random, but it does like the slot machine thing where it's like a reel uh-huh. of like lights and like the music gets more and more high pitched, kind of like in a casino where you're like you're like like you know like that high pitched sound kind of thing, and like you can see like the money rolling in for like the gold you carry, uh-huh. and it's just like climbing up, climbing up, climbing up, and as it gets higher pitched, like it starts to slow down, and then you get like you know oh here's your upgrade for this treasure thing, and he talks about like how like oh yeah like. Throwing in more stuff and adding more lights, like heightens, it hits like those dopamine like centers. Like it, like it's all, it's like catered directly to make you like play the game. And like man, like he's right though, he's right because the game is so fun and so addictive. My friend Miko, he's a he's been a past guest on our show actually. But, um, he also got into the game again. He played the game before I did. He just he mentioned it like once in passing, and then just never mentioned it again. And then I got hooked to it, and I started talking to him about it. And now he got hooked back on the game, and so like we're talking about like oh like which character you're using for which stage, and like. It's it's really it's really cool. It's really fun. I think yeah. I think the accessibility making it first of all it's very cheap. If you do buy, it's like four bucks. If you pay on Game Pass, it's like you know including Game Pass. But like, it's very accessible. It's very cheap, and it's just fun. It's like the most fun per like cent or dollar. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So, I finished the game, quote unquote. I finished it because I cleared all like the story stages. There's like five main story stages. There's like bonus stages which are challenges. There's one where you can like. Where it really does go on forever until you just die. I I made it to like like twenty minutes or something. Those those are hard, but anyway. So I completed that game. That's like my thirty ninth game uh, for this year so far. And then I started playing High on Life, John. You know which one High on Life is? Johnny's like uh uh. Anyways, so yeah, High on Life, Johnny is the game written by the guy. I forget his name. Royland Roland, the guy who does Rick and Morty. Uh huh. Okay. Oh, this one. Okay. Yeah. So this was the game where we saw it looked kind of dumb, and admittedly, it is still kind of dumb in concept. But um, it's like the sci-fi first-person shooter where your gun like talks. That sounds annoying. It it's grating at times. Fortunately, like the comedy is enough to get me through it, and it's not like, uh, like it's not like rolling eyes bad. But it's kind of just like, hey, okay, heh, heh, heh. like, like it's anyway. So. The premise is that you're human on the on your Earth, and these aliens start showing up because these aliens want to harvest you to make you into drugs for some reason. Drugs? They want to turn the human race into drugs. All right. And then, like, you, one of the enemies gets killed by you. Or, no, he gets killed by somebody else, and you pick up like, his gun. And his gun is, like, this talking alien gun that talks to you, faces you. It's the voice of Morty from the show. So your gun is friendly to whoever picks it up? Pretty much. And he starts to give you advice on what you're supposed to do about how you're supposed to stop this alien invasion by this, like, cartel, this alien cartel that's trying to turn humans into drugs or whatever. Yeah. And, like, it's it's really wacky. It's really goofy. I'm about halfway through the game. I think you can tell because there's, like, it does that thing that some games do where, like, it shows you, like, these are, like, the eight bosses you have to take care of before you get to, like, the main boss. And I have, like, half of them down already. So I'm about ha- I'm like halfway through the game I think there's like funny segments you get like other gun other guns like you shot with a handgun but then like the second gun I just got is like a SMG that slows down time mm-hmm. and it's like a talking woman on the gun so like I'm guessing there's gonna be more weapons with different personalities and they're kind of just like there to kind of just keep so that it's not just like empty screen time like they're having conversations they're making jokes they're being rude to other people it's it's kind of wacky it's kind of goofy. It's not that long. I think if you check on howlongtobeat.com, it tells you that the game's like probably like nine hours or ten hours, depending on like how fast or slow you play it. So 
it's there's like little puzzle elements here and there like where you have to like shoot certain things to make like the platforms like look get lowered or raise up or there's like this one i like that's very similar to like how you ever play on the old school computers like that pipe game where you have to like add pipes and like like turn them around to get the ooze to like go through or whatever oh yeah there's a lot of those on mobile yeah there's like there's like some there's like a couple there's like a level where all the puzzles are just that where like you're turning knobs to like turn the direction of the pipe as the ooze comes out or whatever mm-hmm but you're doing it with your gun, so you're shooting the, the you're shooting like a target, and then the target swings the pipe around or whatever. So there's I thought it was gonna be very I thought it was gonna be like very cutthroat, cookie cutter, just like first person shooter. But like the different weapons have different effects on the environment. Like one slows down time. Another one does a thing where like you rapid fire like crystals. Kind of it's kind of like the Needler from Halo. Yeah. So you fill this enemy with like crystals and like they do damage, but then if you if they're still covered with the crystals, you push like another button and it makes the crystals explode, similar to the special weapon in Ragnarok. Yeah. Or like you can like stack them up and then like set them all off at the same time, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they have that. Like they're and you do use them kind of creatively, sort of. The game's not incredibly hard. I'm playing it on normal, and it's kind of just it's like I'm I haven't died. The only reason I have died is like I fell off a platform or I fell off into like a hole or something. Mm-hmm. But, like, the enemies are not that incredibly difficult. The boss fights are kind of fun for the most part. Some of them are annoying. But they never feel, like, unfair or overly difficult. The marketing that I've seen for the game is mostly just a talking gun. Yeah. And then I'm like, what the hell is going on with everything else? That's pretty much, like... I I don't even... I don't recall seeing aliens or a variety of enemy types or fantastic environments. It was just about the gun. And yeah. that was kind of like, okay, that's, I think I, that, I don't know if that's core <coughs> marketing or if it's really because that's the main focus. Mm. Well, I mean, so far the game's, pre- it's fun so far. I think eight hours makes sense because I feel like if it was much longer than that, I think the comedy would wear off and become very grating and annoying. At some points it has gone in that way, but then it's kind of like redeemed itself. There's a part where like your gun's just being a, a complete like just dick to you just a complete jerk to you and it's like like this isn't very funny and like but then like as soon as i'm starting getting annoyed it becomes funny again i'm like okay like okay you want me back you want me back so it's a lot of like that flip like flip-flopping kind of humor where it's like some not the jokes don't land 100 percent of the time but when they do land it's like okay like all right i'm still invested kind of thing and so it's it's all right uh i'm pretty i'm like halfway done with it I'm I'm probably gonna f- I will I finish it by the next week most likely yes um I don't know I'm gonna go visit my mom actually down the hill for a couple of days so I can't take my PC with me but uh I guess I could play it on mobile Game Pass on phone but that doesn't that doesn't seem like the ideal way to play this game on phone so I'm probably not gonna do that but anyway so those are the two main games that I've been playing um I started Tiny Tina's Wonderlands but I'm only like an hour in so I don't really have much to say about that. And that's about all I've been playing, Johnny. You? You said not much, right? Nah. All right, Johnny. Before we wrap it up, I want to do a new segment. Okay. It's not too difficult. Like, full disclosure, full disclaimer, I got this idea from one of my other friends who recommended it. He does, like, a podcast, too. The, the, shout out to the Nerdic Gods. They kind of do, like, this. They do something similar to us where it's, like, video game news and stuff. My friend mentioned how he sometimes does, just for fun, 20 questions, but a video game version of 20 questions, Johnny. Okay. I'm thinking of a specific video game. You have 20 questions you can ask, and if you don't figure out what the game is in 20, sec- 20 questions, like that's it. You lose. Simple and approach. No, no, I was going to give you trivia, but 
I didn't write any trivia for this week. Okay, I have two trivia questions. Oh, okay. Oh, you're flipping it on me? Well, I'm, like, just... I'm like, I feel like Denzel Washington in Training Day. You're, you think you can do this to me? To me? Well, I didn't flesh it out. King Kong ain't got shit on me. All right, go ahead. He's got the... Okay. <laughs> I love that. Have you seen Training Day? Yeah, yeah. Love that movie. All right, go ahead. Fuck. Uh, I don't know if I should save it or not, because it's Resident Evil related. And I was really well, going to ask... you just told me, so... <laughs> We're already here. But... Okay. I was going to flesh it out, but whatever. I'll just ask you. And I, I was only like... Uh... The questions were, what did the initials stand for for the viruses in Resident Evil? So... I only remember two. What does the T stand for? Tyrant. What does the G stand for? Um. Oh shoot. G the G virus. Oh my god! I think I used to know this. Um, it's not Gene, is it? No. Okay. If it's not Gene. Fuck! I just lost it. But if you say it, it's not Genesis. I don't know you, no, it's not Gene Genesis. Oh my god! I think I used to know this before. For some reason, I was there was a point in my life where I was deep into Resident Evil lore. I know T is tyrant because that's like the ultimate goal is to get to the tyrant. Yeah. G. Oh my god, G. It's not genome, right? It's not a typical word. Oh man! Ah shoot! Ah. I remember, okay, there's the T-virus, the G-virus. There's also a C-virus, I think, in Resident Evil 6. There's this, there's the T-Veronica virus from Code Veronica. That was just Tyrant and Veronica. Uh, if it's not Gen, is it, it's not Genophage, is it? No, it's not that. I, it's, if it's not Gene, it's not Genesis, it's not Genome gonorrhea i don't know gonorrhea virus i remember like the g embryo i remember the g creatures the g well when is the first time you saw the g virus Resident Evil 2 by who well technically like who, who technically you see it in Resident Evil 1 because lisa is infected with the g virus also she's mm-hmm. she's in, she's infected with the g and the t virus at the same time mm-hmm. which makes her like indestructible for some reason but you don't officially see the G virus by name or hear it by name until Resident Evil 2. Yeah. So, like, we have Birkin. He injects himself with the G virus, exactly. keeps himself alive. Yeah. But Birkin, that starts with the B. It has nothing to do with the name. I don't remember, Johnny G. I give up. I feel like I said all the G words I can think of Genome, Genesis, Gene, Generation? Nah. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Do you know it? Yeah, that's what I told you. I came unprepared. Like, okay, if you can't remember, I'm gonna look it up. I'm pretty sure I could probably. Well, I went to the page where I I found it. I was like, oh, this is cool. Maybe I should give Andrew a a trivia, but now I can't. I can't find it here. It's something like the Gonella virus, something like that. Golgotha. Is it Golgotha? Yeah. Okay. What does that even mean? Golgotha. What it means. Does that mean something, or is that like a reference to something else in real life? Golgotha. I I had I don't remember it being called that. Golgotha. That sounds like that sounds like uh, like like something like Dante's Inferno or something. Golgotha. Calvary Golgotha was a site immediately outside Jerusalem's walls where Jesus was said to have been crucified according to the canonical gospels. So it's a place. 
Why do they call it Golgotha? Golgotha, Aramaic, means skull. Also, bald head or skull. I don't know how that fits with the G-Virus, though. I don't know, but that's what it's called. I, I mean, but that was the trivia. That okay. had potential oh, to list all the, the names of the abbreviations. All right. Is that the only one? Was there another one? No, nah, there was a, co- a couple more, except the other ones are um, like subcategories. There's like N-E-T, uh, which would be... That's the Nemesis one, isn't it? Well, they have the Tyrant ones. They have the Nemesis. They have apparently the the Hunters are also T's. Um and then they have like the basic viruses, which are like the dogs, the humans, yeah, the lower tier ones. Those are the ones that get it by bite, by infection, right? Yeah, they also have a virus that's a combination of the T and the G. Yeah, that's the one that uh, Lisa Trevor has. And then I don't recall the abbreviation. Maybe there isn't one. And then Nemesis is done with a G parasite or something. Uh-huh. <coughs> wow. Oh, that one was off the scales. You're only looking at the sight, the little sound waves. That's oh, like off the bad. scales. Um, I know there's a, there's a classifications for like the ones that get direct through injection, and there's like different classification for like ones that get it like secondhand, like by a bite or something. I don't recall seeing that portion. I think uh, also five. I forgot the name <laughs> of that one. I don't think that one has an abbreviation. In five? Yeah. Uh, Orbos. Yeah. Was it Orbos? Yeah. That was a different one though. The pl- Las Plagas. Las Plagas. Yeah, that one. Uh, yeah. yeah, they don't have abbreviations. I don't think they have abbreviations for those. No, no. Um, there's a, a app I really fucking like. I always go to for my lore, for my video games or movies. It's just called... Uh, Is it like the Fandom Wiki? Yeah, the Wiki Fandom. Uh-huh. I love that site, dude. It gives me everything is so broken down. Yeah, that's like if you want to deep dive into any video game, like it has the deep dive for you. Yeah, it's intense. Like I was looking at uh, uh, after Resident Evil 8, what was going on with Chris... And he, how we found the bioweapon in the helicopter. And he's like, fuck, we got to go to the BSAA. Or the BS, BSAA, right? Yeah. When Chris goes to Europe, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it breaks down everything that happens there. And then a little bit after, it just gives you a little bit more detail. It's so well put together. That's like it's great. When I was in high school, like I remember we had a computer lab period where we didn't really do much. Like it was catch up on work. Mm-hmm. But since I was always caught up on work, on classwork, I just like re- browse Wikipedia. And I remember like... Reading the entire, I was like really into Resident Evil lore. I think because right around that time is when um, the third Mila Jovovich movie came out. Okay. Uh, Extinction, I think it's called. Yeah. Where she's like in Vegas with the desert and stuff, and I was just very curious about Resident Evil lore and like, like he told me like the story of Outbreak and Outbreak File Number Two and like, but the that's remake. But and, that's like, the Mila universe of Resident Evil. No, I I was into Resident Evil because of the movie, but I was looking into the lore of the games, not the movies. Okay, because in this site, uh, fandom wiki, whatever, mm-hmm. they 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 give you all the information, but they tell you specifically, hey, this isn't necessarily the canon. Like the tiers this of is, canon, yeah. This is the this is the not the original canon, but this is a canon for the films. And yeah, it yeah, has yeah. it all separate. I like how it's just They're, the wikis are very organized. If you ever look at the Star Wars ones, which are very convoluted, mm-hmm. they break it down into like this used to be canon, but it's not canon, mm-hmm. or like oh, like they they do a pull quotes from the movies, like oh, the archives seem to be incomplete or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it's really cool, but um, yeah, Star Resident Evil lore is surprisingly deep. I've I've seen a couple like YouTube videos on like deep dives of like whatever happened to this character or what caused this event in, like in the game or the universe, and it's like. There's a lot of stuff that's kind of just like in files and people don't, in documents, people don't really bother reading really that much. 
And there's like a whole Resident Evil like manga and comic like series out there like that runs concurrently to the games and like yeah. There's a lot of like lore out there if you look for it. But um, anyways, Johnny. So I'm thinking of a very specific game. Okay. You have 20 questions. Each question should be designed around eliminating possibilities. Oh, I have now. to guess the game within 20 questions. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I gotta ask you a question. I'm gonna tell you it's. It, I'm gonna tell you it, it can be any game from any time period, but it is a video game. That's all you have. And I ask you random questions, and I try to get. I can only answer yes or no. Yes. So this is a video game. This is a Wikipedia game, right? What do you mean a Wikipedia game? Like Wikipedia, you say, "Hey, uh, I want to end up in." Uh, I, I want to. I want to oh. pick. Like you pick a Tesla. And you start in some random page, and no. you're like, "How many clicks? What's the minimum amount of clicks until you get from this topic?" To sort that topic? of. I mean, it'd be cool if you can get there. I want. I'm curious to see how fa- how many questions it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like if you ever played Guess Who. No. With like, we start off with like 30 or 50 people. Okay. And each question is designed to eliminate a certain percentage of those people until you have like you're down to the last one. Mm-hmm. So, go ahead. All right. Is this is this on PlayStation? I need you to be more specific. Uh, see. Which PlayStation are you asking about? So it is on PlayStation. So that doesn't count. You just gave me an answer without... Okay. <laughs> so it is on PlayStation. It, uh, it has been on a PlayStation... Keeping, keeping count, right? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I should probably write that down. I forgot. <laughs> I'm going to start off. I haven't even written it down. All right. I'm going to do like tally marks on my phone to make it easy. Okay. All right. Go ahead. All right. Is this fantasy... Or sci-fi? Mm, ask a different question. What genre is this? No, I can only answer yes or no. Is this a shooter? No. Is this a racing game? No. Is this a game that you like? Yes. Is it... I hope in your mind you're like narrowing a, down. Is it a Final Fantasy? Is it a fantasy game? Ask a different question. Why can't I ask that? Because there is no... <sighs> Because technically there is no yes or no answer to that. Okay. It's complicated. <laughs> is this a racing game? No, you already asked me that. Oh. So, yeah. I, so, legitimately, I count four questions so far. Is this a realistic game? No. All right. I would say no. The argument could be made yes, but I would say probably not. No. <clears throat> so, it's not a realistic game? I would say no. All right. Is this a game that I like? I would say yes. Okay. Is this game dark? No. Is this game a Disney game? Mm -hmm. At the time, no. Kingdom Hearts? No. Is it one of the Kingdom Hearts? No. You're down to ten. Okay. Is this a Star Wars game? No. Is this a Marvel game? Yes. Okay, damn. Um, are there animals in this game? No. When we're done, I'll go back and explain yes or no or why I hesitate for certain questions. How many questions left? You have five, six more questions to make. All right. So we got Disney. It wasn't there at the time. It's a Marvel game. (coughs) There aren't too many games that are Marvel. We have... That's what narrows it down, or that's where it gets tricky, because there's not a, not not a lot of Marvel, or it's a Marvel thing that I don't know about. You know about this game, yeah, and you say you liked it. 
And you like it too. So, or you have at least. I don't know about still, but this is Spider Man. Say that again. This is Spider Man. That's why I asked you if there were animals. And Ask a different question. Huh? Ask a different question. All right, I'll throw you a freebie. Spider Man is in it. Yeah, five questions to go. So it's a uh, the Fair Axis game. No. It's not the Fair Axis. It's a game you've played before, so it can't be that. Yeah, four questions. <sighs> Shit. I like it. You like it. It's a Marvel game. It didn't belong to to Disney before, but they own it now. <clears throat> Don't focus so much on the Disney aspect. I'll tell you that right now. Don't focus on the Disney aspect. Hmm. Um, let me pop this cough drop. <laughs> <laughs> you got four more questions, Johnny. Don't focus on Disney, but it is Marvel. It's a game we both like. That's tough because it's like, how is it not Spider-Man if I like it? I said Spider-Man is in it. Mm-hmm. Ah, shit. Like, I, I, can't, I can't make the last question the actual game. I just guess it once. So it's like at the phase where I just have to guess the game. If you don't get it by 20 questions, I'll ask you to give me a name of the game. Okay. You have 20 questions to ask about it, basically. I asked you this already. I asked you if it was a fighting game. When did you ask me that? No, you asked if it was racing or a shooter. Okay, is it a fighting game? Yes. All right. So, I don't know if that counts. Okay. Is it Marvel vs. Capcom? Okay, I'll give it to you. It's Marvel vs. Capcom 2. All right. You didn't give me the name. I wanted the full name. I wanted the two well, in there. Well, if you said it was Marvel... Because you were gonna ask me, it's a different question. You're gonna say you were gonna say, ask me a different question, and the next natural thing, if it was a fighting, Spider Man's in it. We both like it. Marvel versus Capcom two. You had to give me that one. You were forced to give me that. Yeah, yeah, I was. You got it in eighteen questions, which is what I was hoping you would at least get to. Marvel versus Capcom two. So when you ask me is it Disney, I'm like, yeah, but no, but yeah. You know what I mean? It makes it hard. And he yeah, asked yeah. me, is there any animals in it? I'm like, no, but technically Felicia is a cat. It's a cat woman creature thing from Darkstalkers. Yeah. The one with the blue hair and the white like fur. I'm like, is that an animal? I'm like, I guess not. Okay. So that's why, like, if it was Marvel vs. Capcom 3, which has Rocket Raccoon, then I could have said, yeah. Mm-hmm. But 2 doesn't have that character. There's no animals, strictly animal creatures in that game. Yeah. So I was like, no. So that's why I was like, uh no and like i'm pretty sure you play that game i know you kind of like it probably okay i I gotta do this one too i was i was hoping you would i want you to think of one that i would realistically know and i know a smarter way of going about it but go ahead do you have it already do you have it i got it all right did this game come out before 2005 yes okay so i narrowed i took out everything after 2005 which drastically narrows it down okay is this a playstation one game no. Are you keeping track of the questions? Yeah. Are you? Yeah, my fingers. Use your fingers. Okay. That's what she said. All right. Number... <laughs> okay, it's not... Well, I don't know how we're keeping track with fingers, but... Well, like, you're counting them right down in your hands. I know it's going to... When I get to 20 questions. Well, because you said... It's not what she said. I got to keep track of the fingers because... If I got five fingers going on there... That's not... <laughs> okay okay i got you all right you said no to playstation one game right uh yes okay so before 2005 not a ps1 game 
Is this a Nintendo Entertainment System console game? As in the NES specifically. No. Is this an arcade game? Yes. Okay. What's your better way of going about this? Oh. This is easy. This is why I gave it to you. Oh. Is it Metal Slug? No. Oh. Okay. Is there a light gun used in this game? A light gun? Where you point at the screen with a fake gun. For the CRT? That counts, yeah. It's only It, it only works on the CRT. Yeah. No. No? No. Okay. So, arcade game. It doesn't have to be a light shooter. It doesn't have to be a... Okay. Are there dinosaurs in this game? Yes. Yeah. Is it a licensed property like a movie? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to say no. Okay. So it's not Jurassic Park, then. <laughs> okay, there's dinosaurs. It's an arcade game. It's not a light shooter where you sh- point a fake gun at the screen. How many games have dinosaurs or not? This would be more interesting if there was, like, a timer. It would, it would be fucking frantic. Is... Oh, okay, hold on. Is this a fighting game? Yes. Is this Killer Instinct Gold? Yes. <laughs> okay, that was fun. The dinosaur thing had to be uh, Ripto, Riptor, right? Raptor, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. That was good. That was good. That took me a while. I think you got really lucky asking for a dinosaur. I was I thinking... Was like, where the fuck did it come up with dinosaurs? I was... Cause, okay, because you know why? Because there's a lot of licensed Jurassic Park arcade games that are only arcade games. Okay. And when you said it wasn't like a light gun where you point the gun at the screen... That eliminated the Jurassic Park game where you sit down and just point guns at the screen. Well, you still come up with dinosaur out of nowhere. Because there is a couple. Well, there's like a couple dinosaur-themed games at the arcade. There's like a, there's like a one where you race against other people by bashing the button. It's like an mm-hmm. arcade game with a dinosaur. Yeah. And then like once I narrowed it down, I'm like, what would Johnny know that I have an affinity for? And like, yeah, yeah. of course, Clarence. Yeah, we talk about. It. Yeah, I think that's. A I really thing. thought it was gonna be Metal Slug because you talk, we just did the the whoa big earlier. Yeah, but. What was that? Seven or eight questions? Uh, I think that was nine. Nine questions? Okay. Not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Killer Instinct is something that we talk about pretty much every good time combo. on the pod. Yeah. Because we talk, we talk about the uh, <coughs> the sound effects, and that, that's how we test out the mic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All when we time. do our practice rounds. Or, yeah. The yeah ultra, we'll, we'll just see a bunch ultra. of like video game uh, sound effects, and Killer Instinct always pops up. The catchphrases. Yeah. Very good. That was fun. I enjoyed that. I like that. I'm definitely going to bring that back again in the future. Um. Yeah, we kind of talked about everything. I don't have. I don't have any trivia for you this time. I don't have anything else. I mean, we can wrap this up. It's kind of getting late, anyways. Johnny, any last thoughts? Anything you wanted to say? No, I think we got to do trivia more often. Like I should. I really should have not told you, and I should have done the Resident Evil thing. But you saw the 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 good questions I asked in the beginning, right? Setting up like a timeline helps drastically with like narrowing it down like every question you ask should have the pool each time by sitting at like a time like you figure out yeah, exactly I, how far back you have to think i could have bought console first and then the timeline i was like uh that might because that means i don't have to waste my time thinking about like fallout or assassin's creed or anything that's more like modern but you chose 2005 and i was like why would you start there i had to start somewhere Okay. 2000, I think, would be cutting it too close because there's like, I was thinking like Johnny's going to think PS1 or PS2. So that's why I went with 2005. I was thinking, I was thinking that you're going to do like Metal Gear Solid 1 or 2 a classic. or Kingdom Hearts 
So like if I cut off at 2005, like that's like the perfect point between like what I consider modern and like retro in my head. I could have gone crazier, but Killer Instinct was like, if he doesn't get this, he's going to fucking kick himself. Because Killer Instinct is like, again, we talk about it all the time. And yeah, Killer Instinct Gold is an arcade. It's not, I mean, there's N60, there's, it's not the same thing. Because well, there is Killer Instinct on N64, but it's not the same one-on-one as like the arcade yeah, version. Yeah, you mentioned it, and I was like, I don't think this game was port- ever ported to the N64. There's an N64 version of I it. I played it on 64. Yeah. But I, it's a completely different, like... I used to play it with Jeremy all the time. Yeah, it's a different... Technically, it's a different name and game than the arcade version. And you know why I remember the arcade version? Hmm. Do you remember that place where your mom took us once where it was like it was like a giant like arcade mixed with a McDonald's and like a go-kart track? Yeah. Years ago. I was like really tiny. I was like a really small kid. Yeah, that place was cool. And I remember I was the first time I ever saw a arcade version of Killer Instinct. Mm-hmm. And so I thought like that might be why Johnny's thinking of that game because that's like something that I remember. That's something he remembers. So anyways, Johnny, that was pretty fun. I hope we do. We'll probably do that again next week. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have made it this far, we thank you, of course, as always, for your listenership. Uh, I hope you had as much fun as I did. Hopefully, you were playing along with or against Johnny in whatever capacity that is. Uh, We thank you guys, of course, for always listening to what we had to say. Um, Next week, I already told Johnny we're going to choose. We're going to narrow down our list for 2022. We're going to choose our top five individual favorite games from this year put them against each other and we're going to come up with a overall game of the year for ourselves for dual sense combined and yeah we'll talk about what we've played what we're looking forward to playing johnny says he's interested in doing some predictions for next year that could be pretty fun i would like to do that and then i will i would like to then go back later a year later and just see like were we wrong were we right about certain things that could be fun and so yeah if you have any comments suggestions questions you want to get in a last minute question before our last episode of the year next week uh you can reach us as always at duosense podcast at yahoo.com again as duosense podcast at yahoo.com of course there's our twitter handle duosense p you can also reach us there if you want and yeah we've i had a good time we we're talking about what we've been playing having a little trivia fun talking about the news lots of good stuff if you guys want to reach us you know where to reach us johnny do you have any last closing thoughts before we sign off no okay you're good all right so hopefully next week come back cough free both of us back in our 100 healthy prime of our lives mid-30s or so so that's gonna be all for us tonight guys good night and we'll see you next week peace peace indeed